Hello, dear friends. I hope you recognize that theme song. If you do, you know what time it is. It's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. And we're once again, we welcome you to this Bible study. And we believe with all of our heart that God is preparing a people for the place that he has prepared for us. <laughs> you know, Jesus said that I go to prepare a place for you. And uh, and he doesn't really emphasize the place that much. If you want to learn about the place, you have to learn it from St. John uh, over in the book of Revelation. Jesus didn't put the emphasis on the place, but he put the emphasis on uh, the not just the city itself and all of the gates and all of the golden streets and all of the other attributes of the mighty oh and what a city is going to be by the way but he put the emphasis on us being together amen so he's not just preparing he said i go to prepare a place for you that where i am there you may be also praise god and now he's preparing a people for that place you see nothing unclean nothing unholy will enter into that holy city he has to prepare us for the place, not just the place for us. I believe down through the years, there's been more emphasis on the place he's preparing instead of the people he's preparing. And I believe that we are in uh, every child of God that has come to know Christ by faith and repentance of our sin. Amen. Washed in his precious blood uh, are in that preparation for the place that we will spend eternity with him and live forever age without end. So we're going to talk about that. We want the whole Holy Spirit to prepare us for the place. Amen. And that's why this message to me is so important, and I pray it is to you. We're following uh, along in this teaching on that was then, this is now, living in the now of your salvation. Praise God. We took our, our reading from 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 11. I want to do it once again today as we visit another aspect of, of what God is doing and every child of God to prepare us for the place that we're going to live forever. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 11. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived, he said. Now, if we practice unrepentant, unchanged, the, any of these things or all of these things, amen, we can't inherit the kingdom of God. And verse 11 says, and such were some of you, and such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. We were talking in previous broadcasts about being washed. Today we're going to talk about being 
sanctified. It's a word that you don't hear much in the Christian culture of today in America, but it's a word that we need to hear more because the Bible said of the church that Jesus is coming for, that he cleansed it with the washing of water by the word, (laughs) amen, that he might present it unto himself. You see, he's preparing a people for the place, isn't he? That he might present it unto himself in a way that we could never present ourself unto him. I want to make that clear. It's by the Spirit of God. It is through the Word of God. And initially, it's because of the blood of Christ washing us, cleansing us. But that positional cleansing through the blood is different from the personal, practical cleansing by the Word. You see, Jesus said, "By you, now you are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. It's, it's when we begin to take the word of God personally and practically apply it to our life that we are allowing this washing of water by the word. Hallelujah. To bring us into that place of and state of sanctification. Now you are washed. Now you are sanctified. And sanctification, sanctified, sanctify, simply means to cleanse and set apart for a holy purpose. To cleanse and set apart for a holy purpose. So therefore, to sanctify someone or something is to set that person or thing apart for the intended use of the designer. In other words, God as our as a, as our potter and we as the clay, we are set apart for his holy purpose. You know, I like Romans 8, uh, verse 28 and 29, because it brings this into view for me. It says that all things work to... For, no, let me back up. It says, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Verse 29 identifies His purpose for every child of God. Amen. And it says, For whom He did foreknow, He did predestine to be conformed to the image of His Son. Praise God. To sanctify someone or something is to set that person or thing apart for the intended use of the designer for his holy purpose and his highest purpose is that we become more like his son and our savior jesus christ praise god so a person is sanctified when he or she lives according to god's design and god's purpose when we cooperate with God's purpose in our life that has been revealed to us in and through the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Listen to this. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. It's by the Spirit of God that this work is accomplished. We must yield to the Spirit of God. We must yield to the Word of God and allow its authority in our life. But the work is done by the Word through the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And so that this can occur, God calls us to come out and be a separate people unto Him. Amen. This is the progressive work of God to sanctify a people, to prepare a people for the place that we're going to live with Him forever. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17 and 18. It says, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean, literally the forbidden thing referenced here. And I will receive you and will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And then chapter 7, this is 6. Chapter 7 is just a continuation. Uh, It has been separated For translation purposes, it is a running letter, so there should only be a comma and not a period at the end of chapter 6. So let's read chapter 7, continuing, having therefore these promises. What promises? If we will allow this work and participate in this work of sanctification, amen. It says that God, in verse 18 of chapter 6, will be a father to us, and we shall be his sons and his daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I will receive you and will be a father to you. Praise God. I will protect you. I will provide for you. I will care for you. I will guide you. I will counsel you. I will help you. I will heal you. I'll be a father to you. Praise God. Having therefore these promises. What an incentive to live a sanctified, devoted, and dedicated life. Having these promises, dearly beloved, Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You see, friend, now we are washed and now we are sanctified so that we can also be justified. Praise God. To be justified is to be declared legally righteous before God. It is a forensic term. It is used in a courtroom when a, a someone, though evidence has been filed against them, they have been acquitted of their crime. Praise God. Romans 5.1 brings this out beautifully. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is this wonderful work of God in our life. You know, the scripture declares it is God that worketh in you, both to will 
and to do of his good pleasure. When we begin to cooperate with God's purpose in our life, then we will have the power of God's Spirit in our life to accomplish and achieve that purpose. That's why the fivefold ministry was set in the church. Amen. The Bible said that, that the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, teacher, amen, has been set in the church for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, that we be no more children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but grow up into him who is the head, to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. No one is there yet. I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. We're being progressively moved in that direction. We will be perfectly uh, brought into that reality when Christ comes. The Bible said when we see him, we will see him as he is, for we shall be like him. It's going to happen then in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to be changed, hallelujah, from from these imperfections that we have now to the perfect likeness of Jesus. Corruptible is going to put on incorruption, hallelujah, and mortal is going to put on immortality. And, and that perfecting of it all, you see, we will be perfectly prepared for the place. And until that occurs, we are being progressively prepared for the place. Hallelujah. That's why the Word of God is is working with the, with the unction of the Holy Spirit in our life so that we can become more like Jesus Christ. There should be a change occurring in us when we when we're exposed to the word of God, when we are yielded to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says as we see the pattern is Jesus as we behold as in a glass talking about reflected as a mirror in the word of God as we behold as in a glass his face. His perfection, His His person in reflected to us, we are transformed into His image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit's great work within you and great work within me is to begin to make us more and more and more progressively like His Son, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. Friend of mine, when the Word gets in a good ground heart, it brings forth fruit, 30, 60, and a hundredfold. And the fruit of the Spirit, the product of the Holy Spirit's work within us, is reproducing the character and nature of Jesus in the life of the child of God. His love his joy, his peace, his goodness, his meekness, his long-suffering. Praise God. It's all about becoming more like Jesus, cleansing us, setting us apart for a holy purpose. Praise God. Amen. Now, I, I want us to get a hold of that. Even in the Old Covenant, God has, has brought them into a promised land, but He has commanded them 
to be a separate people because of all of the abomination. You see, God is looking at, at the world as more than the earth. That's why the Bible said as a believer, we're not to love the world, neither the things that are in it. And we're not just talking about materialism and houses and cars and rings and watches. Certainly, that is material things and materialism uh, without the balance that we need is, is going to lead us away from the things of the Spirit of God. In other words, the temporal and the material will replace the eternal and, and, the, and the, the spiritual in our life. And there are messages and messengers out there today that focus almost entirely on the temporal and the physical and not the development of the character of Christ and not the soon coming of Jesus and not even heaven anymore. They're trying to create heaven on earth because the wisdom of this world, the Bible said, is earthly, it is sensual. And therefore, it is devilish. But the wisdom that comes from above is first pure, peaceable, and easy to be entreated. It will bring us and point us toward the spiritual and the eternal rather than the temporal and the physical. Amen. So, God's command to be a separate people didn't begin in the New Testament. It began in the Old Testament when He brought them out of Egypt and He brought them into the promised land. But they would encounter people around them and they were told to continue to live their life, not just as people separated from Egypt initially, but continuing this progressive sanctification by living separate from the practices of the people around them. They are covenant people. They are God's people. They are to be a holy people unto Him. Look with me at Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14, as we go forward in this teaching on sanctification. It says, When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. We have that, didn't we, in the New Testament? Come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean clean thing. Abominations here in the margin says detestable things, things that God detests. You see, there's a lot of Christians that find it's okay with things that God says are abominations to him. There's a whole infiltration into the Christian faith in many denominations that are accepting things that the culture says is okay, but God says is abomination. Believe me, God hasn't changed. He, the dispensation of grace has come so we could be saved, but God hasn't changed in His purpose for His people to live holy. I, I want to say that out loud. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about self-righteousness. I'm talking about living different from the world about us and looking at things as God sees them, not as the culture defines them unto you and unto me. 
Listen to it. It, it, God hasn't changed. Amen. Listen, he still wants you and I to be people that are separate unto him. And he wants to identify us as separate by being a father to us and working toward us as his very sons and his very daughters. Glory be to God. That's why Jesus said under this new covenant, you begin your prayer with our Father, which art in heaven. Hallelujah. He claims us as his children and acknowledges us as such. And we begin our prayer to him, our real, our, our real relationship with him as heavenly father, as Abba father. Glory to God. So he says in Deuteronomy eighteen nine through 14, When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. So he's going to enumerate what was happening in this land at this time. I want you to listen carefully. There shall not be found among you, verse 10, any one that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter or a witch, or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord." And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. Now this kind of, now this doesn't mean sinless perfection. It's talking about recognizing and cooperating with his purpose to have a people that are sanctified unto him, cleansed set apart for a holy purpose. Positionally, we are sanctified through the blood of Jesus initially. It's the foundation, this positional sanctification, that he accepts us immediately into his royal family as his sons and his daughters. Now, he says, come out. He says, come out. You know, the word ecclesia is the word for church. And it means called out ones. We are called out of the world and into the kingdom of God. Amen. Therefore, we have to come out. He won't override our will. He wants us to want to be different. He wants us to want to be holy so that he can begin to make us holy. Once again, holy doesn't mean without any sin. It means sin does not reign, and Satan does not rule, and the world does not hold sway over us any longer. Praise God. There will be times when we go before God and say, Lord, forgive me because I got caught up in this. I was, I was tempted by that. Forgive me and give me strength, grace, and mercy to overcome. 
and God will welcome you, and God will help you. Praise God. Thou shalt be perfect. You know, the Scripture says in the Old Covenant, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show Himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts are perfect toward Him. Praise God. Hearts that are perfect. Hearts that are absolutely devoted to Him. And they show that devotion. Amen. By living a life that is pleasing to Him as much as lieth within us by the help of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. See, God is looking for someone to be a father to. He's looking for someone to show his protection and his provision to, to make an example of, of, of the difference it makes when God is your father and my father. Glory to God. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations which thou shalt possess hearkened unto observers of the times and diviners. And, and But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee to do so. I don't want you involved in the things that has brought all these other sins into their lives. I want you to be sanctified. I want you to be separate. That's why the New Testament says the Lord God sanctify you wholly, spirit, soul, and body. It's every part of our life that God wants to fill with himself. And he sanctifies us so that he can do that. Amen. Praise God. Oh, friend, today there is a move of God to call us out of the world, out of any sins that are displeasing to Him, uh, unto Himself for the purpose of sanctification. But He says the called out here in the New Testament must come out. Amen. I want to I want to emphasize that before we close this broadcast today. Amen. I want to go back to 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. Saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, the forbidden thing, and I will receive you. Now, every Christian has to consider this in the light of where they're living. Not in geographically, which town, city, which, which, which continent. No, it's where we're living in our relationship to the world. Are we living in a compromised life? Giving in, going along with, or are we separating ourselves from that that we know that God has forbidden. Amen. And he says, if we'll do this, verse 18, and I will be a father unto you. You shall be my sons, my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. 
Hallelujah. Verse 7, continuation, chapter 7 rather, of, 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 of 2 Corinthians 6. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's going back, isn't it, to Romans 12, 1, 2, and so forth. It says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And be no more conformed, literally pressed into the world's mold, conformed to this world. Amen. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God that we might exemplify literally His purpose in our life to make us more like Christ and less like who we were. You see, that was then. (laughs) Oh, dear friend, but this is now. And we need to be living in the now of our salvation. We are different. We are different from the world. We're in it, but we should not be of it. And that is part of the prayer of Jesus for His church for all time. In John's Gospel 17, Father, I do not pray that You take them out of the world, speaking of the earth itself, but that You keep them from the evil one. Hallelujah. The Christian is living in a fallen world, in a faulty body. But we have a faithful Father. Faithful is He that is purposed it and said it and who will also do it. Hallelujah. If we'll just begin to say, Lord, I want to cooperate with Your purpose in my life to be more like Your Son and my Savior, Jesus Christ. And I bring my body and offer my body, which contains my soul and my spirit, for the purpose of sanctification. And I, I offer my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, and not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the spirit of my mind. Well, listen, the Bible said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ the Lord. You see, this is the transforming. That old man and that old way of stinking thinking is being transformed. Now we're beginning to let the mind of Christ be in us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ the Lord, who humbled himself and took on himself the form of a servant and was obedient even unto the death of the cross. Praise God. Oh, friend, aren't you glad today that Jesus was obedient even to the death of the cross? 
And if we're going to be His disciples, you see, if we get that mindset in us, the Scripture said that if we, in order to follow Him, we are to deny ourselves, take up our cross, crucify our flesh, and the lust thereof. Amen. If we are going to follow Jesus, we must be sanctified. And we must be devoted enough to cooperate with God's holy purpose. Because God has prepared a place for us. And right now, He's preparing a people for the place. All Christian, come out from among them. Identify with a different master, a different kingdom, <laughs> a different sovereign, a different savior. And if you don't know Jesus as your personal savior today, and you're caught up in the world and Satan's influence, I urge you today to repent of your sin, reject that that you know God hates, and run to Jesus and receive Him as your Lord and Savior. <laughs> and let's run this race together, a separated people headed for heaven longing for home and come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. <laughs>